All right. Welcome back. Welcome back. Another episode. Yes, yes. Another episode. We are back once again with the Ballaholics podcast. And if you don't know, now you know. I'm your host with the most, Joseph Williams, a.k.a. Good Job Clean Kid, a.k.a. Jojo, a.k.a. Good Job Jojo, whatever you want to call me, however you know me by, it doesn't matter. Uh, to all the noobs out there, yo, to all my good noobs, yo, uh, just to get that out the way. Uh, before we get on to the Cowboys, my, my Dallas Cowboys, because this this might be one of my longer segments because of how good they are just doing, and it's just blowing me out of the water of how good they're doing. We have to talk about one of my other teams that is doing, how you say, horrific. Uh, we're going to talk about my Lakers and what they're doing. Now... I wasn't going to come on here and bash anybody except for Anthony Davis. But uh, after that Christmas Day game, after what I saw from Russell Westbrook, it's time I can't I can't hold back anymore. Now, granted, there's a lot of reasons why the Lakers are bad. A lot of reasons. There's a lot of injuries. COVID is affecting us like everybody else. Of course, but as of right now, on December twenty seventh, the Lakers are in seventh place with a sixteen and eighteen record. Now, from my perspective as a Lakers fan, the one reason we are not doing good is because our second. Our second best player, you can quote me on this, our second best player after LeBron James is coming off the bench. Not 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 Russell Westbrook, not Anthony Davis, none of those. The second best player is coming off the bench. Not so nobody in the starting five is better than this than one of these two players. So I think all Lakers fans can Keep it up to either Carmelo Anthony or Malik Monk as the second best Laker on the team. That's just facts. There's no, there's no other way to, uh, there's no other way to get around it. They, those are the two best. Those are the two second best players, Carmelo Anthony and Malik Monk. Now, looking at this roster, there has been so many changes on this roster due to COVID and and the injuries that we're having. So the Lakers have went on and picked up Isaiah Thomas, Stanley Johnson, uh, Darren Collison, and I believe that's it for right now. Then you lose Russell Westbrook a couple of games. Or no, not excuse me, not Russell Westbrook. You lose Malik Monk a couple of games. Trevor Reese is just now getting back. Anthony Davis is hurt for four weeks from the time of his injury. Should be like two weeks, three weeks now. DeAndre Jordan doesn't do a, uh, anything, absolutely nothing. LeBron's been hurt a little bit or sitting out some games. No, he's been hurt. Uh, so, yeah, so there is a lot of reasons as to why the Lakers are bad. And after that Christmas game, let me just go back to the stats here. 
and find out the stats for you. So on Christmas Day, one of the most primetime television games where you could see Russell Westbrook and his attempt to, I don't know what his attempt was here. Russell Westbrook, 37 minutes, 4 for 20 from the field, 0 for 3 from the three-point. But he did have a triple-double. That, that seems about every Westbrook comment. Oh, he, he, he shot terribly, but he had a triple-double. Plus minus of minus 23. How can you get any worse than that? Just l please let me know. It, it It's sad to see that LeBron James is 37 years old and is still the best player on the team when a 37-year-old should no, not even be nowhere near the best player on the team. Anthony Davis really, I hate to say it because Anthony Davis is my favorite Laker, but Anthony Davis is the one person that you would think would be the best player on the team, and he is nothing of the best player on the team at all. And the crazy part is, is we're not even two years yet off the the bubble championship. We're not even off a champion two years off a championship yet, and Anthony Davis is playing like he doesn't like he doesn't want another championship at all whatsoever. Now I don't know where I don't know what they're doing or whatever uh people think is the issue, but you can blame Frank Vogel, you can blame you can blame the front office, da 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 da. But at the end of the day, none of those people can play the game at an NBA level. These are NBA players that need to be taken account that need to take accountability and be responsible for their how they're playing. And DeAndre Jordan might be one of the worst pickups that the that the front office has done. DeAndre Jordan is literally useless. He's he's he does nothing to contribute to the team whatsoever. He can't. He has no footwork in the paint. Uh, can't rebound very good anymore. Does it just doesn't do anything? He just kind of he just out there to be out there most of the nights. And it's crazy because I've seen one uh one play where they were on a fast break. I believe it was either the Spurs game or this Nets game that was just uh that just happened. But in the Spurs game, they just somebody threw the ball up to LeBron and literally no not a single Laker except for LeBron was past the half court. Now, how is that a coach's fault? How is that a front office fault? When the team's not giving any effort to even attempt to win games, you cannot blame it on a coaching staff at all. So I don't know why people always just go to blaming coaching staff. The only way you should blame a coaching staff is if there is a rift between players and coaches. Like with Urban Meyer, that's a prime example of somebody that you can blame for being a terrible coach. His players literally came out talking about how he's a loser. He's not, or how he's calling everybody losers. He has better coaching at Bowling Green or whatever he was at. Uh, so that's a reason. But Frank Vogel, since he's been here, has not had any issues whatsoever with players and how he's been able to stack teams, or how he's been able to uh, do the team, excuse me. 
Last year, LeBron goes out for the majority of the season, almost the majority of the season. Well, yeah, majority of the season last year. Frank Vogel still has the number one defensive rated team in the NBA with no LeBron. Almost no Anthony Davis half the time either because he's always injured anyways. Then for his first year here, wins the championship here. So, <laughs> what I mean, what I mean, after three years, you want to fire the man already? It, it, it'd be different if he came in. We have Anthony Davis. We have LeBron. We have every, we have all these pieces to win a championship, and he goes and gets eleven seed. That's completely different. Then you could start saying, okay, maybe we should start looking for a new coach. But for him to first year here, win a championship, then still second year, make the playoffs, still has a number one defensive rated team, then he still has an opportunity to make the playoffs here if they can get it together. Not saying this is a championship team because clearly, obviously, it's not. It's nowhere near a championship team yet. Now, they can might find some stuff together where they can – put some pieces together and start winning some more games, but until then, it's not a championship team at all. So, the putting the blame on Frank Vogel is not, like, that does not fly with me because this team is terrible. Defensively, offensively, every side of the ball, they're, they're terrible. Only thing that's good about them is almost passing really that's the they can pass to save their lives that might be the only thing when you have Anthony Davis LeBron and Russell Westbrook and then Rondo you you don't have any you can't passing is your best attribute they can't shoot they barely make layups Carmelo Anthony might be the sixth man of the year how way he's been playing and he's been saving us in most most of these games that we've uh, won before so it's just sad to see that the Lakers are down this this horrendous, horrendously. Uh, but from my perspective, if we're going back to trade talks, which is another point of emphasis here, uh, for me personally, I could everybody could get traded except for Malik Monk, LeBron, and Carmelo Anthony. Everybody else could go. So, uh, Anthony Davis, if there has, it has to be some big time trade, he could go because he never he's never playing anyway. So what difference does it make? He could go. Uh, Westbrook can for sure go. Taylor Horton Tucker can for sure go. Trevor Reza, Dwight, Avery Bradley, all of these people that they brought back, thinking that this was a good fit, everybody can go. Uh, <laughs> there's no other way around it. Um, uh, just because we just don't have, there's nobody that wants to play defense whatsoever. It's, it's like, that's the one thing that Frank Vogel's team always have had since he's been here the first two years. They are one of the most, how do I want to say this? They're one of the most, uh, man, what's the word I'm looking for here? I don't know. But they are one of the, the best defensive teams when he has defenders. When you go out there with Kent Bazemore, who can't he can't even guard my dad to save his life. He can't he can't stop anybody to save his life. Ted Horton Tucker missed the beginning of the year, just not coming back. He's not a he can't score offensively for whatever reason. 
Carmelo Anthony's not the best defender. Westbrook, for sure, isn't the best defender. So, I mean, Malik Monk's not a defender at all. So, I mean, when you have all these players that can't defend, there's no way you're going to win any games because you can't you can't stop anybody from scoring. Shoot, uh, Patty Mills just dropped 34 on us. Then I believe uh, it was somebody on the Spurs that had their, their <laughs> back-to-back 30-point game. From people. Hold on, let me look at this uh, recap here. It was Kiata Bates Diop, 30 points. Then Patty Mills goes and has 30 points. Uh, we're getting blown out in a lot of games as well, which is hurts just your mentality. We can beat some teams. All right, we'll win a game, then go through losing three games. We're on a, I think, believe five five game losing streak now, at this point. So, yes, five game losing streak. So, we'll go win one game, get the confidence back up, thinking you're, oh, uh, you're a good team, or you could look like a good team. Then you go lose five straight, three straight, whatever. And the thing that bothers me is. What I was talking about earlier, where nobody comes up the court. When you don't do that, and you don't show that you have your teammates back, so if LeBron misses the shot, there's nobody to rebound except for a Spurs defender or except for a Nets defender. There's the thing that bothers me. There is there's no chemistry within the the team itself. Now, these are all athletes. They're all teammates. They're all grown men, and even a high school team that brings in different players can have some type of chemistry and be able to gel with each other because they're all going to find something mutual within each other. And with these being grown men, I know that chemistry is one of the most important parts of things, but you have to find some common goal to where you can start winning some games and start building a bond to where we can go back to looking like the team that we're supposed to be looking like when you see it on paper. Over the last couple of years, the Lakers front office, without a doubt, has done one of the best jobs putting names on paper that look good. Y'all cannot say that they don't look good on paper. It's just things don't work out as usual. Montrezl Harrell didn't work out in Frank Vogel's system because he doesn't He's a small ball center. Frank Vogel doesn't usually play small ball centers. He plays either Andy Davis at the five or the white, and somebody like DeAndre Jordan or JaVel McGee is at the five. He, he uses tall centers. He doesn't use small ball centers. There's no use for him. Marcus Gasol doesn't work out clearly. He, he didn't work out at all. Andre Drummond didn't work out whatsoever at all either. Uh, now we're at Westbrook not working out. Uh, Carmelo's working out, so it it's just you have to try out stuff, and then when you see it doesn't work, I mean, what else can you do? There's nothing else that you can do. It just doesn't work. The only person that's worked in the system so far throughout his time being here is LeBron James. That's the only person that's been working out this whole time. Uh, Malik Monk might be one of the best offseason pickups for any team. Period. Not trying to be biased, but the way he's been playing has been incredible. He's only averaging 10 points, but his 10 points are a very big difference maker from how he, the way he plays. Uh, Austin Reeves, the rookie, not a defender either, but 
he hit a game-winning shot, I believe, against the Mavericks. And, you know, he's he's been in and out of COVID uh, protocol. Uh, just, it, it's so many things that happen to this Lakers team that make you look and be like, man, they suck. But when you get back to it and look at it over and over again, you're like, okay, somebody, he's injured. He's injured. COVID, COVID, he's been injured. He's been injured. It's just so many people that's been injured or on a COVID protocol. I mean, what more can you do? Kendrick Nunn hasn't even, he's signed, I think, for two years. He hasn't played a game yet. He's been injured that long. I don't know what his injury is or if he could come back. If he can't, I don't know. His injury, it's taken forever for him to even step on a court. He hasn't played a game yet. And it's just going downhill from here. I, I don't know what more like we could do to get any better or get any worse or whatever, but as of right now, seven seed, they're in the playoff uh the playing games, should I say. The next game up we have the Houston Rockets tomorrow, actually. And looking at it, I don't know. That could be a either or game. Houston has not been they've been Houston, but they haven't been that as bad as you would think they were. They were on like a seven game winning streak at one point. They're ten and twenty four, but they're not at the bottom of the charts. I mean, they can still beat some teams and get some W's, but for the most part, if the Lakers lose to Houston, we might just give it on up. That's like that's almost like losing to the Detroit. Well, it is like losing to the Detroit Pistons. If you lose to the Detroit Pistons, just give it on up, and that's like when I will go back to the OKC game. We lost. We lose to OKC twice. They get two twenty com twenty two twenty point comebacks on us. What it's like? How does that even happen? So these teams that you should be beating, you should be beating. Sacramento, we go over there. Sacramento, we freaking lose. We lose to OKC twice. Minnesota, we lose to almost lose to Detroit. It, it, we can't beat Chicago. Barely beat Cleveland. Definitely couldn't beat Milwaukee. Uh, it's, it's just so many, so much things that have happened to where it just makes you think and be like, what the hell is going on? Like, do we suck this bad? We lose, we get blown out by Memphis without John Moran. So you just see how many things have happened to where it makes you think, what the hell are we doing as a unit? As, as a whole, as a starting five, what the hell are we doing? But... From that, I'm going to digress on the Lakers because I just cannot talk about them anymore because they 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 can't disappoint me no more than what they've already done. But to get on a on a good note, to get on a good good note, I just want y'all to know or hear this, should I say? How about them Cowboys? How about them Cowboys? The Cowboys back as the NFC East champs where we belong. They exceeded my expectations. I believe I said 10 wins at best, 9 wins at the worst. They had 11 wins going finna go for, I think they only had 2 more weeks, so maybe 13. Uh, yep, 2 more weeks, so yeah, 13 wins. Uh, I had them beating Arizona. 
after Arizona was is at the pinnacle of losing now. Um, I don't know what's going on with them, but and they're on the road, so Arizona does not play on the road uh, very good. So Arizona comes to Dallas, and we you just saw what we did to the not not resident, what we did to the Washington football team. <sighs> A big fifty six piece on them boy. You know you like what can you do with that? Like you put fifty six on an a NFL team. You got you got other people fighting each other on the sideline. Like the Cowboys are just mentally in people's heads. Like you do not want to see the Cowboys if they start getting hot here now. And with them playing at home, if they get a home playoff game, they're for sure they're for sure going to get at least a first round win. Now, what we do in the second round or however it goes, and maybe we can get a first round bye and then somebody ends up losing our beats Green Bay, which I, I don't see happening. Uh, we can see what where that goes, but I still don't see Green Bay even going to a Super Bowl. They're going to go to, like, maybe the divisional uh, the divisional championship, but or the NFC East, or the NFC championship, but that might be it. I still see Tampa Bay as a team to beat, uh, when they get their team back from COVID protocols, they, I think they said they were missing over 50% of their team, which is, a, like, COVID is kicking people's behinds. It's beating NFL and NBA and college sports behind. So, uh, it is not no joke. But I still see the Tampa Bay Buccaneers win healthy when everybody gets back as a team to beat regardless. But my Cowboys, like, you have to put some respect on their names. I know, yes, you can say, oh, how many of them teams have you beat that has a winning record? Well, we beat Arizona. Arizona has a winning record. Ooh, I'm trying to think of who else has a winning record. We beat the Panthers when they had when they had a winning record. Uh, we beat the Patriots. They're pretty good. They beat the Chargers. They're pretty good as well. And, I mean, the thing with the argument of people that say, oh, well, did you beat anybody with a winning record? Well, you could say that, yes. But at the same time, it's like you can't – the NFL makes a schedule, so you can't really use that against us. I mean, go ahead, whatever you want to say. But any Super Bowl team, they're not going to play – they're not going to play every single – every team that they play is not going to have a winning record. If you have – 17 or however many games, 19, 18, whatever it is, uh, straight winning record teams, you sh- and you beat all those winning record teams, then you should automatically go to the Super Bowl. Like, if you go undefeated like the uh, 72 Dolphins, then you should go to the Super Bowl regardless. But <clears throat> teams that go to the Super Bowl beat these weak teams, and they get a good record. That way they get a first-round bye, which we are – not there yet. Green Bay might have a game or two, a uh, game ahead of us to get the first round by. But beat Washington twice, beat the Giants twice, beat the Eagles, uh, beat New Orleans. We beat. I'm trying to think who else. Falcons. We beat the Stomp them. Beat the Chargers. Beat. Uh, I'm looking through the schedule. Sorry. Beat the Patriots. So I mean, we're beating we're beating teams that we're supposed to be beating, and regardless of that, you can say what you want to say, do what you want to do, hate on the Cowboys. Everybody loves to hate on the Cowboys, but regardless of that, 
you cannot deny at how good this team is. Now, offense has been in a slump. Yes, we all know this. But after you just saw that 56-point performance, that domination from the defense, you cannot say this is a slump anymore. Uh, without a doubt, you cannot say this is a slump anymore. This is probably the best defense I, I'll ever see as a as a Cowboys fan ever. Michael Parsons, defensive player of the year candidate, offensive rookie, I mean, offensive rookie, defensive rookie of the year candidate as well, has a chance to be the second player after Lawrence Taylor to win both defensive player of the year and defensive rookie of the year. Trayvon Diggs, another, another solid candidate. What is he at? 11 interceptions now? Crazy. And I think within the next couple of weeks, I don't, I don't know. He might get, he might even tie the, uh, the record for most interceptions in the season. I believe it's 14. He's at 11 now. He can get two picks in one game or one pick off of Kyler Murray and then two off of Jalen Hurts, however you want to play it. But I think he has a, he has a good chance to tie it up in the next in the next two weeks. Uh, just seeing where we're at now is is like completely a major shock from last year when we were just the worst rated team defensively in the NFL. Like what Dan Quinn major props to Dan Quinn because he has come in here and basically turned this defense into. Like the next level, like eighty-five, almost eighty-five Bears level of defense, of how good they're playing. The front line with the Marcus Lawrence and Grandy Gregory. Then you have Michael Parsons, Landon Vanderesh, Jerron Curse, Jordan Lewis is playing crazy. Trayvon Diggs is playing crazy. The only person on the defense that really looks horrible every game. Is Anthony Brown? Keanu Neal is is really solid. Malik Hooker, he got on COVID, but when he comes back, he's been looking solid over the last couple of weeks. Like, there's so many things, so many people on this team on this defense period that have looked very solid. Now, uh, Gallimore has looked solid. Adigi Was, Adigi excuse me, I always mix up his name. Adigizua, there I think that's it. Adigizua is one of the brighter spots on the defense line as well. Basham is really good as well. So there's just so many people that the late uh, the Lakers, the Cowboys have brought in from the offseason and the draft that have played out of their mind. Like Curse, no, but I could not have told you who Curse was before he came to the Cowboys, and now. He's been here for one year, and he's he's going to get paid from somebody, whether it's the Cowboys or somebody else. He's going to get paid the way he's been playing. He's been playing out of his ever-loving mind. And with this type of defense, you just need you just need almost the most mediocre of offenses to make it through the playoffs, really. When you look at what the Patriots are doing with Mac Jones, Mac Jones doesn't even get over a hundred yards in most games, and they're sitting at nine and six right now. <coughs> Excuse me. 
Mac Jones has been able to lead this team, or, well, the defense, excuse me, has been able to lead this team to a 9-6 and record, and they're still in the hunt for the number one seed in the AFC. Well, no, actually, they're not. The Chiefs are in the number one seed for the AFC, but still, they're in the number. They're in the chase. They're in the race to get the number one seed in their division in the AFC East. So, I you can see a lot of defenses that carry people's teams. Even going back to the uh, Patriots Rams Super Bowl, Jared Goff did not lead that Rams team to a Super Bowl at all. Not, that offense did not go to the Super Bowl strictly off of offense. That defense with Aaron Donald and all them, that was the team. That was the defense that led them to the Super Bowl. Ray Lewis's uh, Ravens, 2000. I think it's 2000. It might be 2000, 2001. One of those two. Led to the Super Bowl. On the, put put that defense on, on their back. Put the team on their back. The defense put the team on their back and led them to the Super Bowl. There's a lot of teams... They get led to the Super Bowl, no matter if they win or if they lose, that are based strictly defensive teams. So, with our defense, the way it's been playing, you just need a mediocre offense. But this is not a mediocre offense. Zeke is playing decently. He's got an ankle brace on. But Tony Pollard has been one of the bright spots in the offense because of his speed and agility. And what he's been able to do. Then you have the bet, the best. Yes, I said the best wide receiver core in the NFL with the trio of CeeDee Lamb, Amari Cooper, and Michael Gallup all back healthy now. The only thing that can stop them is if COVID happens. But knock on wood here, that does not happen. Now, the thing that worries me is going on the road. Now, I would if we could play every game of the playoffs at Cowboy Stadium, I would have no issues. Or not 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 one so ever. I would I would put money on the line that the Cowboys would win every game in Cowboy Stadium when they in the playoffs. Going on the road worries me and then playing a team that we haven't played this year that has a winning record worries me as well. So if we play the Eagles, which I I saw was probably one of the matchups if they continue to win their games in the first round, uh, I for sure I for sure have us beating the Eagles at home. The thing that worries me is going back to those Kansas City games and the the Raven the Raiders game and the. Broncos game three games should have won but that's neither here nor there because they're in the past but going back to those games the one thing that worries me the most other than the atmosphere the teams that we're playing is those men and stripes the men and stripes yes 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 yes. I'm gonna go ahead and say the rest are the biggest threat to the Cowboys' success this season. Now, I don't know why every time it comes down to the Cowboys, it, you always go back and it's, it's an issue with the refs every time. From when Dez caught it to now, it's an issue. 
I believe in the Raiders game, we had over 100 yards of penalties. How does that happen? I don't know. Yes, Anthony Brown had them big pass interference calls, but still. Every call against the Cowboys are serious right now. That's, the one, that's going to be the one issue with the Cowboys is the minute stripes. Now, if the minute stripes want to help us, Gary, I don't know how they want to help us. They don't ever want to help us, but if they want to help us, go ahead and help us. You know, Aaron Rodgers doesn't need to be in the Super Bowl. Tom Brady doesn't need to be in the Super Bowl no more, you know what I'm saying? Uh, just let the Cowboys have fans can say they made it to the they made it to the Super Bowl again. Like, come on now, y'all know y'all want to see y'all want to see America's team in the Super Bowl in LA, primetime television, the biggest stage of them all. Like, come on now, what's gonna be more interesting? Seeing Tom Brady and Patrick Mahomes go against go against each other again, or seeing Aaron Rodgers and T- Patrick Mahomes? No, come on, now. you don't even sit here and lie to yourself. The most interesting thing you're going to see is the Dallas Cowboys going against one of these AFC AFC teams, whether it's the Bills, the Patriots, or the Chiefs in the Super Bowl, honestly. The way the defense has been playing, shut lights out defense with a star-studded offense, you that's gonna be make the most money for the NFL regardless of what it is. We've already seen Tom Brady and Patrick Mahomes. We've already seen Aaron we already seen enough of Aaron Rodgers. The la that last dance crap. I don't know why they I still don't understand why they did that. That last dance thing, him and Devontae Adams. They haven't won any championship together yet. So I don't know what the point of that was. At least when Michael Jordan did the last dance or their last dance they had five. They had five rings. Aaron Rodgers has one ring. Devontae Adams has zero. They haven't done anything besides make it past the Cowboys in the playoffs. What? What more did? What like? What was the point of that last dance thing? Like you could say, yeah, it's your last season together, whatever. But dude, you have not won any a single championship together yet. So it really was. Uh, I don't even know what the word to say for it. But it really was stupid to put it in my perspective. But that might just be me and Aaron Rodgers hater or whatever you want to call it. But at the same time, you got to admit, at least when Michael and Scottie Pippen and all of them did the last dance, it, they had five championships. So to end the podcast, I believe the Cowboys can get past the second round. I think they have enough talent to get past the second round. I believe the defense has enough ability to stop a lot of offenses uh, to make them, to help them and carry them to the NFC championship. So it's just going to be what the offense can do if we want to play mediocre or we want to play like the team that we know that we are. And if the refs want to call it a fair game and be straight with us because most of the time they're not. I don't know why. The NFL, whatever, just hates the Cowboys. I mean, go back to Lyle Collins, who was suspended for like four four games, I believe. 150 drug tests. I'm serious. Like, come on now. 150 drug tests in a season is crazy. 
that's like regardless of who it is, that's crazy. But I'm gonna digress on the Cowboys. I just want y'all to know my thoughts on it, where we are. I'm so proud of the Cowboys. I'm so proud to be a Cowboys fan and and it's crazy because every time I think about leaving them for doing some dumb stuff or being the worst team absolutely like they were last year, I just get amazed. I always stick around, get amazed, and it's just incredible to see. So that's like every that's like every Cowboys fans. We're always gonna say we're gonna leave, but we never do. We're just gonna keep saying we're going to the Super Bowl every year. Just face facts, and we're gonna be here. We're gonna annoy you guys, and that's it. You guys are just gonna be haters every time, because regardless of if you hate us, you gonna watch us. That's I, that's all I got to say about that. But I want to thank you guys once again. I told you I was gonna be back no matter the situation. If I was sick, whatever it was, I was gonna be back. I'm back. We're gonna stay consistent. We're going to be pushing this out, pushing this podcast out, making some moves, doing everything we can possible to get this platform growing. Um, I hope you guys stick around with me. For my day ones that have been here, that has been listening, I appreciate you. For the new people, I for sure appreciate you because now you're listening to the platform. You listen to my platform, you listen to my podcast, and you listen to my voice for 30 minutes, which is crazy to me. But if you're stuck here and you stayed around, I appreciate you. I love you guys. Thank you so much, and once again, we here at the Ballaholics, we do everything, we do live tweeting, we do podcasts, we do interactions with people, follow me on Twitter, Instagram, uh, my email will be in there, everything that you want to know will be in the description of my podcast uh, description, so make sure you comment, like, subscribe. Follow me on YouTube because I'll start putting my videos back on there. Right now I can't because it's Christmas and we just had a bunch of stuff everywhere. So once I get to cleaned up, I'll put the videos back up. But once again, thank you for joining. I'm your host with the most, Joshua Williams. Thank you for joining the Ballaholics Podcast.